Connecting life and faith. This is Connections. Welcome to Connections. I'm Colleen Hood. World Mental Health Day is tomorrow, and 2020 has been a taxing year in so many ways. But how is it affecting the young adults in our lives? Today, we're joined by Dr. Anisha Abraham. She is not only a pediatrician, but also the author of a book called Raising Global Teens. She'll address the growing concern about rising levels of anxiety and depression in young adults, and also introduce some concepts that parents, caregivers, and educators can implement to address the needs of teens and preteens. That's today on Connections. We're joined today by Dr. Anisha Abraham. She is a pediatrician. She's also the author of a book called Raising Global Teens. Now, today we'll be discussing mental health, and it's very interesting um, that this topic comes around. I had taken my son to the doctor. He's a lot younger than the age group we're going to be talking about today. Um, But while we were there, it was just a random appointment. And I said, oh, this has got to be the most relaxing appointment for you. And he looked at me and he said, you know what? Every single day for the past three or four months, I am getting most of my appointments, most of my appointments are children. Yes. Well, we know that kids are facing uncertainty. They're feeling isolated from their peers. They're missing out on usual activities that they might be involved with. They don't have the same structure and routine. And that's all really contributing to the amount of young people that are feeling stressed, anxious, and depressed. And certainly as we think about World Mental Health Day, we need to think about how we can both decrease um, the number of young people that are struggling with these issues and how we can really help to start conversations and get them the support that they need. Are we seeing numbers higher than we typically would see? Well, we certainly know that the numbers have increased over the last several months. For example, in the United States, the CDC says that the incidence of depression has tripled among adults, and we're also seeing an equal rise among young people in terms of how many people are reporting feeling stressed or anxious. Um, So we are seeing an increase, and certainly um, in the clinical setting, we're having more and more young people also coming in with these issues. Now, we as adults, we've dealt with anxiety, we've dealt with depression, we kind of understand it, which, well, we really don't. But uh, as a young person, that can be a lot harder to figure out. Um, how do we know when a teen or a young adult in our home is dealing with depression or anxiety? That's a very good question. Um, and this is one that parents ask me a lot as a pediatrician and teen health specialist, because being a teenager can be tough. And part of being a teenager is also uh, becoming more independent and spending more time with your friends, not necessarily with your parents. And right now, a lot of young people are spending time on screens. So it's hard to know when they're really not communicating and what's really going on in their head. Having said that, I think it's really important to be aware of if there's a change in their behaviors. For example, if they suddenly um, aren't connecting with friends or family members when they were previously if there's a change in terms of their sleeping or eating habits, Um, if they are for some reason suddenly referring to dying um, either by talking about it or writing it out. Um, These are things that are really important to be aware of. And probably, as I mentioned, sometimes you just don't know, and that's the importance of having conversations to check in regularly to really understand how kids are doing. How important is it to start the conversations and the communication at a young age? It's really important to start these conversations. I don't think there's any age where you're too young to have these conversations. Obviously, you can make them developmentally appropriate. So if you have a very young child, you know, just saying something like, you know, how are you feeling or what's going on? Is there something that 
you know, doesn't feel right today. And, you know, they may be able to verbalize it, they may not, but certainly trying to start to get some sense of what they may be feeling is really important. Um, as they get older, and certainly as we talk about teenagers, um, sometimes kids are uncomfortable talking about these issues. Parents tell me that it's sometimes hard to get kids to open up about how they really are feeling, and that's where I suggest sometimes talking about their peer group or what else is happening around them. For example, have you known anyone at school or among your friend groups that's feeling stressed or anxious about what's happening or even suicidal? And as a result, have you been having those feelings? That's a great way to start those conversations. Uh, so I think the short answer is it's never too early to have these conversations. You just need to continue to build up depending on how old they are. What about that stubborn teenager, that stubborn young adult that's like, hey, I'm too cool for this, even though they may be inside really struggling? Well, I think that by having this process of checking in, even if they don't open up initially, it sets the stage for them to know that they can come to you as an adult or as a parent in the future if something does actually come up. It helps to take away the stigma about talking about mental health. And again, if you don't feel like you're the right person, I think it's so important to know that we're part of a global village, and I certainly as a parent do this all the time, but I reach out to other people that I know that my kids will connect with, whether it's a, a, you know, a coach, it's a counselor, it's a family member that they really connect with, and sometimes ask them to also check in and make sure things are going. So it's important for parents to know that reaching out to other adults that their teenager or kid will trust um, may be another way to connect and to see what's really happening. You mentioned connections uh, are important for a young person. In today's world, in 2020, with the pandemic, that's a little bit harder. I know in Canada, a lot of our uh, extracurriculars are being cancelled as as of just as recent as yesterday. um, They're announcing sports and all that are are being um, cancelled. How can we still connect in today's day and age? Well, connections are so important, particularly with parents and adults, um, in terms of creating bonds which um, are protective against so many of the other mental health issues that are out there. And as you mentioned, sometimes these connections can be difficult, particularly when they don't have the usual ways to go to extracurricular activities or other things. And I think this is where we um, need to be creative in terms of continuing to have those connections. Um, a lot of young people are now using their phones and computers and technology to stay connected, and I actually think it's a wonderful way for them to still be able to reach out and talk to other people, of course, as long as they're also taking breaks and have some non-digital time in their life. But staying connected in those ways, I think, are really important. And certainly being thoughtful about what other ways you can do, um, whether it's still going out with your family, for example, or for, with a friend to go for a walk or a bike ride, to um, create some rituals within the family um, that, um, again, keep those connections going maybe having a neighbor do something that's outdoors and socially distanced and still safe are ways to maintain those connections. So I think that it is really tough, um, but we also need to think creatively about how we can maintain those bonds. What are some other ways that we can encourage our youth, our young adults, um, so that they're not feeling the anxiety and depression as much as they may um, be if they were just focusing specifically on their mental health? Right. I'm a firm believer in what I call the anti-stress toolkit, which means that we as adults need to have a kind of group of things that we go to when we're really stressed or anxious, and we need to model that also for our kids and help them over time to put various kind of 
different tools into their own little toolkit or box that they can pull out when they're feeling stressed. And so for every child, it can vary. Um, for one kid, it may be uh, playing soccer and just kicking a soccer ball. For someone else, it might be listening to a funny show on TV. Um, everyone has a different way of relaxing, but hopefully you can build a couple of things in there, whether it also includes things like yoga or mindfulness or talking to a friend. Um, and over time, they have a couple of things that they can use as ways to prevent stress or decrease that anxiety before it gets a lot worse. One thing, another thing you mentioned is that um, it's important to focus on strengths of uh, youth and young adults yes. and to remind them that, that there's no one out there that is perfect. Yes. And what I really think is important right now is to realize that our kids are uneven. Some are going to excel in some areas and others are going to have challenges in others. And so knowing what their strengths are and building on that is so important. And I'll just use an example. One of my friends is really having a hard time with that online experience. Um, another one, the other one really loves being online and loves technology. So knowing that and being able to support them and being able to think about other things that they really enjoy and building on that is really helpful. Um, the son that's really having a hard time with technology right now and being online really loves dogs. And so we're very happy that we have several neighbors that are allowing him to walk their dog in the middle of the day while he has breaks during school, which has really helped him to feel happy and um, to kind of build on things that he really enjoys. So building on passions, building on strengths are a really important concept that we need to think about and to also just realize that all of our kids are going to be good at some areas, are going to be challenged in others, and being able to accept that and uphold it is so important. And it's also important to build resilience. Absolutely. This is a phenomenal opportunity, although I can't say that um, the pandemic is, is a phenomenal experience, <laughs> but it is a good opportunity for us to think about resilience and helping our kids to build on that. I um, tell young people and I tell adults that the biggest predictor of success in life is not about getting perfect grades or getting into the top university or getting a fabulous job. It's really about how we can get back up on our feet when we face a challenge. And so much of what young people are experiencing right now are challenges, are changes in their routine, are disappointments. And being able to navigate that, being able to get back on their feet, being able to think about ways to circumvent this are so important in terms of how they're going to handle their journey in life. Will there be long-term effects from this pandemic for our young people? Well, I think it's a very good question. I, I do worry that um, young people may uh, potentially really be affected by um, not being able to see their peers in the same way, not being able to uh, you know, go outdoors in the same way, um, not having um, the ability to travel as freely. Um, all of this can have an effect on young people, but I think that's why it's so important to make sure that parents and adults are having those conversations, are checking in, are building in those uh, self-help tools, and are really building on the resilience that we talked about. Tell us about your book, uh, Raising Global Teens. I have a book that's just been released, and it's called Raising Global Teens. And it really uh, helps parents and caregivers with many of the big issues that young people are struggling with today, which include things like stress and anxiety, but also talks about issues related to things like identity and belonging and drug and alcohol use and body image, um, and even thinking about the future. And it's um, written with the perspective that increasingly young people are um, becoming more multicultural or cross-cultural, 
that they may be coming from different backgrounds or are exposed to young people that have other cultural backgrounds, both virtually but also physically. And thinking about that is, is really important, and certainly thinking about identity um, with that is also very important. So it's a very practical handbook uh, for adults and kids. For those who want to learn more about you, about your book, how do they go about doing that? Well, they can go to my website, which is dranishaabraham.com, and the book is available on Amazon. Thank you so much for joining us today, Dr. Abraham. Connections is on twice a day, once in the morning, once in the evening. You can also find the podcast version at podcastville.ca or wherever else you get your favorite podcast. Don't forget to subscribe. We'll talk to you again on Connections.